0: This is Hacking the Afterlife Podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer!
1: Hi, Richard. How are you? I am fabulous. How are you?
0: I am so happy to see you and your hat.
1: I love my hat.
0: It is gorgeous.
1: I love them. I love them. we are just fun.
0: Well, what I also love about our podcast is here we are. Haven't spoken since last week. <laughs> and we... Our podcast is outside of time, you know. I mean, we might as well be in, you know, whatever, Rangoon,
1: <laughs> and
0: that's a, that's quite all right. And uh, I know we don't we don't have a lot of time today, but um, I just wanted to reflect on the fact that we've had some very interesting conversations in the past few weeks of people just knocking on our door, showing up, and wanting to elbow their way into our classroom.
1: Always it seems like always
0: and uh, but first things first uh, just to mention our friend Luana Anders who's on the flip side who has helps assist us with our guest list whoever wants to talk to us um, go ahead just wanted to see if Lou was around if she wants to uh, bring out the list okay
1: this is much better isn't it
0: Oh yeah, your voice has changed. Yes, much deeper now. All right, so
1: Louie, Lou, Lou, Lou. Much deeper now.
0: Lou, what have you got for uh, us?
1: Why are you saying that? Okay, were you? Um. Hold on a second. Is there why is she? I are you editing? Okay, you already told me this. But she's mentioning editing. She first made me feel blue suede shoes, which can go into a ton of different directions. And then I feel like she's mentioning hold on. She's mentioning the fact that um, you're editing. Um,
0: hold on. That's correct. And if we want to break it down,
1: she's okay. Um, she said, they'll do the editing. You just have to keep asking questions about
0: it. Okay, very good. Adore. Okay, very good. Um, yes. And I, as Jennifer has disappeared from view, I will tell the audience listening in uh, that what Luana is referring to, those two things, blue suede shoes, that is a chapter in the book I'm editing right now. Literally, the chapter- uh-uh. I yeah. did
1: not know. Yeah, I
0: you know. What know The that. chapter opens up with a photograph of blue suede shoes. And so she's pointing out that what I'm editing, which is not like film editing, it's literary editing. Okay,
1: and just for the audience, now I'm talking over him again, just for the audience to know, when we got it, we never planned anything, as you guys know, I'm looking at my little book, my little um, notebook. Board that I've my version of a clipboard, and he said he was editing a book, but I had no idea about blue suede shoes. I'm just thinking it was blue suede shoes because I went to, is it Elvis? What are you know, then there's so many others saying, you know, anyways. Well, so and we've, we've
0: talked cool. about this process quite a bit, which is uh, Jennifer's getting a visual or an image, and I've talked to many people who are confused about images they get and they want to know about them, or right, uh, you know. And the idea is you're trying to translate the image. So somebody else might have said, oh, Blue Sway Shoes, she needs to go shopping. She needs to buy some clothes. Somebody else might have said something else. But in this case, it's a reference to something I've put together. The chapter, one of the chapters of this book is called Blue Swayed Shoes. Um, And what she's saying is, and now the next thing that she's saying is, when you're editing, when you're talking to people on the other side, they're helping you converse. So you think to yourself, well, I got a question for you. And they'll, they'll say, well, I gave you the question to ask me. So go right. ahead, Lou, what else?
1: That is so interesting. That's fascinating. I'm always fascinated by this work, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I, can I tell you a little something I have? So I did something yesterday. I um, read a family last night. And I'm sure they're not gonna mind me saying what ha- this particular part of it. Um, this guy came in and it was this person's husband who passed away suddenly. And his name's Alan, actually, his name's Alan. He came in, he's actually he's actually um, famous in Hollywood, believe it or not, for sound. He's one of the top four sound people in Hollywood that passed away recently. Anyway, that means nothing, but he came through and she's just like, um, he has, he's saying that there's something about a ring and she goes, yes, I don't know where, she goes, yes, the ring is, I'm like, it's his ring, she goes, yeah, it's, it's lost, she goes, I don't know where it is, and I'm like, okay, and I tried not to make it morbid where there's a clean, there was, I saw a clear plastic bag with some items in it, and I said, and then I'm being shown it's not in that bag, so I, of course, went into my investigative side, investigative side because I've never seen it you know I've, whenever this happens I'm like okay was it the nurse was it the you know did he die at home or was it with the healthcare practitioner and blah 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 whatever it is and I told her I said it wasn't in there she goes yeah it wasn't in there and then he started showing me other stuff and I started going into my investigative side and this is what I want you guys to understand too audience when you start thinking too much you lose you lose it you lose what they're trying to give you and so I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna have to wait because he's just kind of being a pain in the ass. And they all started laughing because that's exactly how he was. <laughs> then I went back and he told me, he goes, I lost it before I died. So he already lost his wedding ring, but she didn't know.
0: Uh, I see, oh, so, so they weren't even aware Nobody
1: of took it, it. They, nobody took it. She goes, oh, I was asking him for two months before. Where is his wedding ring? Didn't think about it and then he dies. And then we don't have a wedding ring. And like he says, stop looking for it because he doesn't know where he lost it. But it was just the funniest story, you know, but again, I'm trying to use this as a teaching moment and I hope you're not lost. I would be listening to myself, but that's a whole different story. Pay attention to when you get information and and as Rich has taught me throughout the years, do not judge it because the second you start thinking about it or putting your own equation to it or putting your own thoughts to it, you're going to lose the message. You'll get bits and pieces. I've done it enough to know, okay, you know, when I'm working on a crime scene with someone, um, if it starts getting fuzzy or blurry, or if I'm not, if if it takes too long to get the information, I'm like, it's called like an energy blitz. I just cut it off. And I wait until I have fresh eyes the next day, or I wait a few hours that night. Um, Don't get frustrated if you're not getting something the way that you want to get it, the way that you want to receive it be patient, go back to it later. Because if you're, if you want something so bad, it's not allowing it to come in. Hmm. And I know that people get stuck on that. You probably have heard that as well.
0: I was just uh, on Quora, you know, I answer questions about hacking the afterlife. And that has come up quite often, which is people really want to talk to their loved one, but almost always it's, they want the questions answered that are bugging them. And so- They spend a lot of time like, why did why did you or why did this? And what I try to say, and I learned this from you, of course, which is just allow what's happening, be present. So how are you is a, a much more right. interesting question to ask than why did you screw everything up or why did you leave me? You know, right. how are you? Who greeted you on the other side? Try to start the conversation or try to create a conversation so you can actually converse. And this is why you know, I say to people, don't expect to hear the answer to your question, but you might get a visual. So Jennifer just gave a perfect example, which is where's the wedding ring? And she's seeing a plastic bag that's empty. Anybody could make up anything around that. But eventually she came to the conclusion, oh, he's showing me that it wasn't there because he had lost it a long time ago.
1: Right, and now, that the, the plastic bag represented the belongings that you get after someone passes. It's right. In a plastic
0: the, and this happened in my own life where when my parents, uh, my, when my mom passed away, there were some rings. There were some you know valuable rings and stuff like that, family heirlooms that went missing. And I went through the whole trauma of trying to figure out that I screw up, that I put it somewhere, did I, and then the people who took care of the house, you know, did they... I went over and over and over. And this is just really, this was 2011. And I put the question to people on the other side. And the answer I got was before I met Jennifer was they are where they're supposed to be. And that was such a profound thing to hear because they had a great, you know, strong connection to these heirlooms, these things, these items. But I heard clearly they are where they're supposed to be. And then with Jennifer's help, we figured out that the person who had stolen them was somebody who whatever there was a whole thing that, that 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 theft changed that person's life whether it's completely accurate or not isn't important because i got the feeling of okay on the other side they're fine with it don't worry about it let it go yeah. it's fine don't be connected to that where is my thing that and that's,
1: yeah you know. And every time, and also, you guys, anytime you put your parents in a home or you have people come in, replace their replace their belongings with fakes. Do not take well, the real ones. Take the real lens, Lock tip. it up in a safety deposit box or put it with your, you know, wherever you feel it's safe.
0: Why didn't you tell me that before?
1: It's it's a, <laughs> it's a huge because I didn't know you before. It, it, <laughs> yes, it you is did. A, Previous lifetimes. A, yes, yes, many times over. <laughs> but it is a huge it is a huge racket. Um, yeah yeah you just don't think about it it's awful yeah all right let's go that's great advice that was just a fun story because I've never had someone admit to like no dude I lost it
0: (laughs) (laughs) brilliant uh so Luana what what would you like us to chat about today or who with
1: they're saying Scotty and so I of course thought of Scott de
0: well, let's ask, Lou, which Scott are you referring to? Is it somebody that Jennifer and I know, or is it somebody that you know that you knew a somebody lot of that you,
1: It's somebody that you know.
0: Somebody that I know.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, is it Scott de Lou, or another Scott?
1: No, it's Scott de I did see a picture of him in my mind, but I know him too. But they're saying, yeah, it has to do with Scott de
0: that's all right interesting. let's talk about that for a moment scott for those oh, tuning in but
1: okay. okay before it goes away um you they're saying that you've talked to him about his process yeah uh, okay and that and this was i don't know if it was a few months ago that you did
0: well it's in so, the film hacking the afterlife
1: okay um hold on He's saying that Scott's doing really well because of that movie, but also because of what you guys did, or because of the content. Does that make Okay, sense let's to
0: you? let's talk about that a little bit because this we sometimes we talk about process here, and and Lou, right. if that's what you want to chat about, and the process meaning accessing the flip side, and as people know, Jennifer and I have worked in this uh, unusual way, her being a medium, and as I like to point out, mediums. Filters are a little different. There, they can right. bypass the blinders that we wear. They don't, so they get to see more of their vista than we do. That's just a simplistic way of putting it. Scott's a hypnotherapist. He's was trained by Michael Newton, quite a few other uh, hypnotherapists, and he teaches. He has a teaching method of how uh, to do past life regression. And Scott's a, a virtuoso, as I call him at, uh, he's at lightbetweenlives.com. And I've worked with him quite a bit. And he always, he's appears in the books because of course, you know, he's sometimes the person doing the hypnotherapy and he's in the film demonstrating because it was filmed during one of his teaching uh, workshops where he's demonstrating the methodology of talking to someone and repeating what you're saying to help them to access what they're trying to speak about, and in right. the film, there's a fella um, from uh, Ventura. I can't think of his name right this second, but he recalls his life planning session, which is very precise and very detailed. Wow! So it's an you know it's him, Pat Posier. It's him uh, seeing the process of how he chose his lifetime of the things that he wanted to learn and how he talked about it as if going into a library and going through microfiche files and then looking at all of his previous lifetimes and go, well, I need to work on this. I need to work on that. Okay. In this life, I think if I do this and this and this, this will help me to. And then when he presented that to his council, he describes this moment where he's like, at the Hollywood Bowl where in the front row are all of his counselors. And then behind him are all these thousands of people who are going to participate in his lifetime. Wow. Meaning-
1: Wow, yeah, what, the visual is amazing.
0: what I try to reinforce or to mention about that repeatedly is that we all have not only teachers, not only a guide, not only classmates, but all the people that have agreed to participate in our journey, our play. they've all volunteered i'll play crazy uncle pete you know i'll play this person in your life and we come here and we think oh we're by ourselves we're born alone we die alone i mean that's what people say we've heard it and unfortunately that's not the case we're tethered to them at all times so lou is that what you want to talk about that process or something else
1: no she wanted to talk about that process but she also likes She's talking about the condensed version that you do. Um, Oh, okay. That you call your coffee stops or that you, you know, how you um, put somebody in really like you did with uh, Dr. Drew. Um,
0: By the way, has he seen the film? I probably has. uh,
1: He's been really busy. I I have no idea. I'm not
0: sure. I love that. You know, he's such a busy guy. And of course, you know, I excerpt this uh, podcast that we did together where he went to visit his council and the whole time he was saying, what are you talking about? Who's my guide? I don't know who my guide is. And then I said, well, your guide knows who your council is. He's like, what's a council? I said, it's, it doesn't matter. Ask your guide. Can we visit your council? And then suddenly he says, oh, we're in a room with these. Yeah, you know, it was. It's fascinating. I mean, it's an amazing thing, especially because he's a skeptic. He remains a skeptic. Mm-hmm. After the session, he said, or after the podcast, he said, I think you hypnotized me. <laughs> you know, like, whatever. Anyway, what Luana is saying, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Lou, is that this idea that we can all access the flip side just by asking simple questions and allowing the answer to come forth and not judging it negatively. Correct. So, how can people do that, Lou? Without me,
1: she's saying that you, if, I, if I'm hearing this correctly, you have to find peace. So, whatever that looks like to you, you have to sit there. So, base. Okay, thank you. Not having distractions, not having you know, set the
0: set the set the place, set the stage of peacefulness.
1: Right. right. So. That's usually, and this is just for starting out. Eventually you can be in a crowded room and do it if you wanted to. I do it all the time everywhere, but that's been because of lots of practice. When I first started this work, I had to have everything quiet because what happens is your mind takes the longest to quiet down. And once you master that part where you allow versus trying to force it or wanting it or whatever it is that you do, which is by the way, super, super normal when you start asking questions, Um, you, okay, show me again. It, thank you. Thank you. It's sometimes better. You know how people have seen my little, you know, clipboards or whatever. It's sometimes better to write. So write down the question and then see what comes in. Because having that takes away some, that's so smart, the outside noise.
0: Because you're focused.
1: Because Because you have something yeah like i usually you know they talk about it even um tyler henry talked about it how he it's basically his conscious mind being busy why things come in so that way you can focus on that
0: right and so
1: and so doodling is very normal for many mediums well well
0: let's ask lou this question so does it work both both ways so in other words i'm in a room or wherever it is, I've got my list of questions that I want to ask my for friend or pal on the flip side. Do they have to focus as well? Do they have to sort of shut down or slow down their frequency to be able to access us?
1: She said, no, they just need permission. They're Us giving them permission to talk to us allows it to happen. Okay,
0: let's talk about that for a
1: second.
0: Okay. You need to I know give, I know. well, I, lo- I just love the concept. I mean, to me, it's a very unusual concept. You need to give permission. So when you say that, of course, then there's the alternate, which is you say, no, I don't want to give you my permission. And that's, well, well, if if I may, it's this idea of a religious thing that people have or um, vampires. You know the story that a vampire shows up and they're at your door and the way the vampire lore is. They can't gain access unless vampire
1: they have. Di- vampire Diary. Well,
0: dr- go back to Dracula, the original. Team,
1: team and, Damon.
0: Well, I'm just saying, here's the point. You can't get in unless you have permission, you see?
1: Right. So let me, let me take this a different way, though. So I always tell people that um, when, when, if you have something, like you said, with religion, or something that blocks you, if you don't believe it, the universe lets you think that way. Whatever you think is what goes. So if you ask them not to come in, the universe lets lets you think that way. It doesn't happen. Well,
0: it also puts the filters, the blinders on because you're saying, right. no, I don't want you're to see up. that.
1: Yeah. So you might have to just. Thank you. You might. What she's saying is you might have to just practice that. You know, what? just opening being, up. Opening up. And not yeah. being afraid because no one, thank you, no one bad is going to come in and try to give you information that's going to help you.
0: <laughs> well, especially if you're talking to a loved one and you're right. focused on the loved one and you ask them a question. Now, we've seen this where a loved one says something funny or makes a joke or mocks you because you're so serious about this process. And that's why right. I often say to people, try to think of it as a game. You're playing a game. And what is a game? A game is that the suspension of disbelief where you are pretending that something could happen and you play the game because the end result is the same. You're playing a game where you're talking to your loved one and they reveal new information. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything's fine. The ring is hidden under the, the, and it doesn't matter how you got that. If you subconsciously always knew it, it doesn't matter because you're getting this same information. So the the point is, in terms of this process, pretend that it's possible to converse with people no longer on the planet, focus on the ones you would like to speak to, and that allows you to block off anybody else that might be zipping by.
1: And like yesterday, <laughs> last night when I did, when I did this group reading, you know, they, every single loved one showed me that, that every single person there asked them to be there, gave them permission, asked them to be there. Oh, that's and fascinating. Was, and they told me, I, one person got, you know, I'm like, somebody was in the water when they asked permission. And sure enough, she's like, I was swimming. I asked them to be there. Water's a conductor. So a lot of things happen when you're in the shower. You start getting thoughts. Nobody's looking at you naked in the shower, by the way. From here.
0: <laughs> we talked about that last but, week. Anthony Bourdain, shower.
1: Anthony Bourdain, shower. But everybody else had a different place. And that's what I was able to validate when they asked, you know, the people to come over. And that's what's so, it's it's fascinating. They really are there. They're really showing you, you know, it might take some, you know, what I do is I validate what people usually already know.
0: Yeah. But I just want to be clear, Luana, in this process, what you're saying, number one, Give permission. Give permission for them to come forth and talk to you. That's important. And to allow. What are you looking at off camera, ma'am?
1: No, no, I wasn't looking at, I wasn't even looking at anything. I actually was listening in to what she was saying. What she saying. That's all right. (laughs) She was, what was your question again? Damn it, you just made me. No, no, I I,
0: I just, what I was saying was, number one, Give permission. Yes. People don't think of it that way. Right. I'm saying pretend, but she's saying give permission for them give to come forward. Give permission
1: because it what it does is it it then takes the filters away, like you said.
0: Okay, and so then once you give permission, what I try to point in Lou, correct me if I'm wrong, but the idea of not to ask questions that you've got a burning desire and a vested interest in the outcome, ask questions that are are generic and
1: simple yeah so for instance i asked a question to my dad i'm asking my dad who's nowhere on the planet to take to be there with my son who's in um minnesota right now um doing these couple you know a few excursions and he's he told him like how is he doing and and it terrifies me because i do have a vested interest in how my son's doing but i can't tell you my dad showed me a picture of him with just smiles and then I still didn't believe it I'm like so he's doing okay you know but I was getting this comfort and I do feel that my son is doing well well
0: yeah. that's a, that's a perfect example because you're asking somebody on the other side to give you access to new information that they can observe but you cannot right. and doing so allows you at least to allow to write down I'm seeing you smiling. And then you can ask when they come back. You can say, were you, this happened to me when I was in Tibet. I had learned a little bit about this research, not this, but something. You know, The idea of the consciousness might be able to be accessed from distances. And I used to do an experiment. My daughter was at the time, I think she was two, one and a half, something like that. And Mm -hmm. I would, while I was in my tent on Mount Kailash, I would put a mental image in her mind imagine pretend and say poke mommy in the back and tell her i love her just to see is it possible and i'd focus on it i'd imagine them pretend and then i the next day or a couple of days later i get off of mount kailash and i go to an internet cafe and i write to my wife and i said did anything weird happen and then i kid you not you know she said our daughter poked me in the back and said daddy loves you I mean, literally, that phone call that I made with my mind, and I've I've heard that distance helps. The further away,
1: it does. I make sure you know. For instance, I have a picture of my son on my phone, and my um, I have a picture of my son on my phone. Every time I look at it, I try to I try to see if you know. I try to check in on him because technically, I can well, see. But if he's you know if he's
0: well come on your mom's a media. please i know
1: i know, I know. <laughs> but i always like reassurance so that's why i asked my dad and my dad shows me different pictures Perfect. that i haven't seen okay. so that being said but i you know it really is powerful we've talked to it we've talked about this before your thoughts are very very powerful your feelings are very very powerful you connect with your heart your heart's a cell phone i tell everybody this because you told me this rich um you know, a while back, when you connect with your heart, after you give them permission, to, you know, please be here. They're there. Like I ask, I well, before I do, I, you know, before I read a whole audience, I ask for their loved ones to be there. I even ask for their loved ones to be there, and please allow me to be a vessel, or please allow me to interpret the correctly what they want to convey. You know. Brilliant.
0: And, and Jennifer, I've been doing this for six years. And of course, we've only been doing the podcast for a year. But every time I'd go to her office, on the way there, I would, I would do a mental uh, checklist, which was to say, okay, who do I want to interview today? I'd say right. their name aloud, not knowing if I could speak to whoever it was, Paul Allen or, you know, whoever it was that I was trying to access. And on the way there, I'd say, and you guys, if you can help, help with this. And I kid you not, it's and it's you know footage because I'd sit down, turn the camera on, and, and she'd say, you know, <laughs> Paul Allen's here, or whoever right. it was that I had. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. showed up that way, and so did uh, Maverick.
1: So showed big. up that
0: way, and and you know, and, and how, and Mort- how can it? Morton. And Morton, but. Michael Newton. But you know, how could that be other than what we're talking about, which is we all have the ability to speak to our loved ones on the flip side, all of us without exception. And if you allow that it's possible, you can do so and pull them in. Now, can you ask them for lottery numbers? Yeah, you can ask them, but they usually laugh when you ask.
1: You did win a dollar. You, the only time you've asked for lottery numbers you did win a dollar. But yeah it's true. No, Jennifer- I've, I've Jennifer. thought about I've thought about this a lot because you know some of the best readings have been the the ones that I've gifted people. And you tend to wonder, is it because of the fear when you're getting paid for it? Does that come into play? Or, you know, and it, it crossed over to the lot like anybody that that thinks they understand how mediumship or and intuitive works they're like well you should be a gazillionaire because you should have won the lottery or right. you'd be able to i'm like it just doesn't work that way i believe me there has been it has been documented there's been mediums that have won and been you know or they've sued the person that they gave the numbers to and they won and you know there's if <laughs> there's been documentation really that, oh
0: that's hilarious
1: but i think it comes to the prep like i don't know if it's the pressure i'm just not sure
0: I think it, it no, I think it's it's also an interesting thing, part of process, which is again attaching emotion to your question uh, uh obfuscates right. the question. It makes it a the harder and the frequency is harder to access. And so you be, it becomes this push-pull. I think you're absolutely right. I found this in a very strange way. My friend Dave Patlick and I used to go to Vegas together and, and I discovered while I was playing cards with him or whatever, whatever we we're gambling if I counted up the amount of money he won, or I had won, we'd lose it. And we just noticed that. And so we did this game of like, if he saw me counting, he would say, game over, let's leave. And I did the same thing with him. you know. And what did we win? 200 bucks, something like that, paid for our trip. But it was this idea of giving to somebody else and it, this also goes into this meditation of Tonglen. We've talked about it, give and take, where you meditate on healing someone else. It cures you. You're there thinking about healing someone, but you know, it changes your emotional ability, your amygdala. So right. I think it's related. The frequency of selflessness, let's call it that, the frequency of helping, of just being pure about whatever it is you're trying to accomplish A lot of times that's the thing that resonates whether I don't, well, let's ask Lou Lou. Is this accurate?
1: The other other thing that I was just getting with that is um, you also have it, you know, if that person was supposed to have, the person was supposed to win the lottery is that, you know, that's also something that comes down. Is that right? The possibility, like we can, we can gauge, like even with betting, sports betting, I can gauge. I do better if I just pick out the color. (laughs) If I know the team, or if I know, because I love sports so much that if I know the team, it's going to be, again, there's that attachment. Once you have that attachment to an outcome, you kind of lose what's going to happen. It's that thread of energy.
0: And this is, Lou, I want to ask you about this. Because this happened.
1: The best babies, the best mediums in the world would be babies like on an island or something that know nothing, that have no like filtration. Right, no
0: association. Well, Lou, this is true. This is something that Lou and I used to do because I just, as an experiment back in the 90s, she had to go to Vegas a couple of times for conferences. And I just, on a lark, said, just go down to the, uh, the, the roulette wheel and play the following number or numbers. And every time she'd win. And, and then we tried it the other way. I was in Vegas and she gave me numbers and I won. But I couldn't, and I, when we were, I was working on the movie Limit Up. I There was a soybean trader that came and I just, I, we were out standing on the set and I, and I turned to him. And I said, you're going to Vegas tomorrow. Here's the numbers you should play. Play them in order, one, two, three, whatever it was. And he called me up, he said, I want 50 grand. So, but there, but I can't go to the roulette table and pick a number, can't do it. But if I go to somebody who's outside the venue and say, here's the number, go, you know, I done it with my wife. But Lou, you and I did it. So Lou, how does that work? Let's ask her. She's here. What's the process? What, what happened? What was going on?
1: Interesting. Huh. She showed me literally like a string of energy popping over to Vegas. So she's showing me where it's coming from. Like if she was, if um, let's say it's reversed. You're in Vegas and she's over here. And she's showing me, okay, show me again. Oh, the thread of energy, how it's just, it goes over on top and into like, and it, like it comes down and puts energy into that hand. Okay. If I'm reading this right, but then she showed well, me. If, pick the if roulette went, wheel because those are numbers. Right. right. And so then she showed me if it was just you, she showed me all the crazy, like you picking the numbers. There's too many people there that are doing the same thing and how, how massive or constricting it is
0: Does so the the idea that she's in the distance and our and it's almost like a tesla energy beam bouncing off of let's say the stratosphere and down onto me that's a direct connection as opposed to the sort of chaos of me trying to pick up myself is that it bingo <laughs> okay. but then
1: she but then she showed me the numbers did you just were those numbers given to you or did you like did you see those numbers somehow were they given to you did you psychically foretell what was going to happen do you know what i mean and when you when you're away just like i'm here you know for instance i have my office and this is my home office i'm, I'm very fortunate it's i love where i live that's
0: a backdrop um, cut it out it Kidding. is not
1: you can see the trees moving <laughs>
0: it's a good backdrop
1: um, it's not a backdrop no my head's Er. not being weird i can go like this
0: okay Er. all right all right
1: um okay i'm losing it so it's um (laughs) now i lost it
0: okay question to luana was what was the mechanism
1: that's it that's it so there's not that much sorry she brings it right back sorry go ahead so in my home nothing nobody's here i'm able to get information and access information in a in a great way for people that are not in front of me so i stayed home today and dealt with my home office again because i have eight clients but they're all virtual and so i'm like i don't need to pack up and go to my office even though i love it so much but um it's a quiet space and then it brings back thank you it brings it back to how they said initially have a quiet space when you're talking to spirit
0: initially what she said earlier which is create the quiet space so that you can and it puts the cacophony of frequency outside of wherever it is right. so what you're trying I'm to like, do
1: well i'm like how do i do that outside how do i do that with audience readings you know with all of that and the, but they're all there for the same thing Never mind. well it's
0: also your focus and right
1: years years worth of practice but but she's saying that you're there for all the same reason all the loved ones are there i see yeah
0: everyone's there for the same reason and it also relates to working with scott detamble where he puts on this music you know he's got these musical things and it it helps set you in that kind of atmosphere of being able to you know access the flip side um Okay, Lou, anybody else, anything else? Sorry. Not. I know, that's all right. Uh, I know we don't have a lot of time today, but anything else you wanted to talk about, Lou, in terms of process or, I don't know, life, stuff?
1: She said hurry up the book.
0: <laughs> hurry, up. <laughs>
1: hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. And don't forget to ask questions to them.
0: Right, right. i
1: you at um she also said that oh she's oh for the end of the book which you can give me at any time what would the reviews be from them
0: oh that's funny we'll do that again like we
1: did yeah she just showed me when i did that before um and she said that both of us if we wanted to play a game could both do it the reviews (laughs) even you might have an attachment to it but do the
0: review oh no i listen for the audience it's hilarious i after after jennifer and i met and i put this book together called hacking the afterlife um you know we did this thing of i just as a joke i said well let's ask the people who are in the book if they'll give us a blurb you know to put on the cover of the book robin williams gave us love love prince gave us something about jumping off a cliff you know that like jumping off a piano jumping off a cliff jumping off a page that the that the the concepts on the page took you into the universe whatever anyway yeah they were all very unique and very insightful for the person that we um that we asked those questions about
1: so and they the other thing that she's saying is don't get frustrated just don't don't get frustrated yeah because you lose the information and it lessens how you feel later. Over (laughs) time, you won't get frustrated. It'll become easier and easier for you to accept what's being given. So like for me, I didn't try, like I was so afraid of being wrong because I was doing it for other people that it was challenging for me because I was so, it, it just took a lot longer. Now it's so much easier for me. Now I know that, that everything they say is correct. It's the way I interpret that could be wrong. right? And so I just have to, you know, fine tune it. But frustration comes with doing anything that's new or anything that's outside your comfort zone. And once you get used to it, you know, even get your friends involved. Like that. you call your friends for advice. It's very similar to ask for advice from your loved ones above.
0: So like connecting to them and not only... Opening yourself up to the possibility they exist, but also asking for help. Help me in this.
1: Help me in this and show me signs that you are. Very good. Oh, and right. the, and I... those,
0: I know you got to go. But uh, but Lou, thank you so much. So this was a more about process today than about anything else, and we love that because it allows us and it helps people out there in the world who want to do this on their own who. Yes. for whatever reason can't find a medium or a hypnotherapist right. but and we're trying to help people show that they can do that what what are you thinking about
1: no it's just sorry i was just thinking about all they were just showing me all of the things that when i when i give information how it uplifts to me even if the information is not for myself and so when you do it for yourself even you know, you're not going to get someone that's going to give you, again, don't ask if you should get a divorce or break up with someone. Maybe you should go see a therapist, but you can also, you can ask them to help you with whatever decision you have made.
0: Very good. Does that help. make sense? Totally makes sense. Asking yeah. for help. It's a prayer. Somebody asked me, at the real quick, asked me the other day about prayer. Prayer is usually a one person thing. This is a conversation. So just allow that you can ask for help and ask them. Thank you, Lou. Thank Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for your talents. We appreciate it. And we will catch you. you. Love you. Catch you on the the flip side. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, JenniferShaefer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on gaia.com via Amazon Prime.